Good day. You are listening to Your Community Spirit. That's right. This is your community, and we have some spirit. Been doing this show since 1999. And, Treesung, do you remember when you came on board? I guess I lost him. It's like, this is going to be a fun month. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this is going to be a fun month because it is Energy Awareness Month and it is a lot of stuff that, what do you call it, DBX is going to be doing. I don't know if you've looked around and seen what is happening in October. Well, start of October, we've got tomorrow, the National Solar Tour is coming to us here, heartlandsolartour.org, and the station is going to be on that tour, as well as probably about a half a dozen houses in Carbondale. Also coming up is next week, Dennis Stromat and Creel Stomp, I remember when they just started in the area. So in good news, I figured I'd get the good news out of the way first before we talk about the bad news. The world passes 400 parts per million threshold permanently. All right, I think I'm on now. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, hey. Um, uh, yeah. I was trying I'm to talk on the, the air and... Um, Push a button, your button. So good thing Dave came in and helped out. Oh, yeah. Thank you, you, Dave. Do you remember when you got on the air of DBX? Uh, like when was it? What year? Yeah, about. I, I don't remember because I remember I came on as a, as a guest once with the Student Environmental Center. Uh-huh. And then I just started coming back, but I don't remember how. <laughs> it's I think I came as a guest right when you were still brand new. But then it, it took a while for me to actually come every week. Well, I think you did the same thing I did when I first started. It was about two months before I actually talked on the air. I mean, yeah. I got invited to um, be a co-host in 99, and I was shy. And so it took me a little while to start talking. And so I, I remember you being similar that way, that you were actually, you know, a co-host a long time before you... Um, did coherent sentences on the air. Because <laughs> like, yeah. it is hard to talk to the public. Um, but I am very glad that I've been doing this radio show 17 years because it has helped me in my ability to share my passion with solar and share my passion for community. So um, We turned on, with Amron's permission... The solar system on DBX last Tuesday. Um, Amron came over at 10 a.m. and tested and ran through all the proper procedures to make sure that the equipment um, met the standards that is required by, um, you know, all the national standards, UL and interconnection with the grid, and yeah. we turned it on. And then, of course, it's been overcast since then. So. <laughs> 
I actually yeah. forgot I was rushing here, and I should have went and checked and seen how much power it has produced. Um, yeah, but it has been producing power. <laughs> yeah, I did come by um, on Wednesday during the farmer's market, and it was overcast then, and it was producing about a quarter of what it normally does. Yeah. So. Well, I'm always impressed just by my little home phone charging solar panel. That uh, I had this mentality that it only would charge in full, you know, cloudless sunlight. But it, it still gets some energy even if it's really overcast. Actually, technically, you get full voltage as long as it's above 20% light. Yeah. And so um, the actual current is directly proportional. I, well, there I go. I'm kicking into my um, <laughs> lecturing voice. Um, I will be doing a solar class next Saturday at John A. Logan, October 8th. So I probably should save that for then. <laughs> it's just like, now that we've uh, talked about the happy parts, um, it is hard for me every week to come in here and talk about how the world's falling apart, right? Yeah. Um, our slogan is gloom and doom with enough sense of humor to slather your brain. And I keep reminding myself that. Um, and our theme song is it's the end of the world as we know it but I feel fine mm -hmm. so the world we talked about this the last few weeks but even more so the world passes 400 parts per million threshold permanently which is really hard because there's an organization called 350.org and they have said that that's what we need is 300 parts per 350 parts per million to you know survive in a nice way so by us yeah. passing 400 parts per million the climate will no longer be the same yeah that puts us pretty far into the red the monthly value failed to drop below 400 parts per million that all but ensures that 2016 will be the year that carbon dioxide officially passed the symbolic and never to return below it in our lifetimes, according to scientists. What do scientists know? It's not like they can, like look stuff up and figure stuff up based on facts or something. Come on. <laughs> I was being sarcastic in case you didn't catch that. Because carbon pollution has been increasing since the start of the Industrial Revolution, has and has shown no signs of abating. It was more of a question when rather than if we would cross this threshold. It doesn't make it any less significant. September is usually the month when carbon dioxide is it's at the lowest, you know, because, well, all summer of plants growing and sucking up all that pollution out of the atmosphere. And now, of course, as fall wears on, those plants lose their leaves, which in turn decompose, releasing more carbon dioxide so yeah so this was pretty much our last chance this year to get back below and we didn't so it's pretty officially above 400 now this year in addition to marking the start of the new 400 parts per million world it is also set to be the hottest year on record the planet has edged right up against the 1.5 celsius that's 2.7 degrees fahrenheit warming threshold a key metric in last year's Paris Climate Agreement. So, what can we do about it? Well, there's a lot. We could start by 
I don't know. I suppose I should feel good that I've worked on three solar systems in the last two weeks. <laughs> Just yeah. like, yep. Um, a couple weeks ago, it was really hard because it was extremely hot. And I do not handle heat very well, being a well-insulated individual. So... Yeah, so we've got more need to look forward to. It's <laughs> looking forward to is the night route. But in our next news story, SEC involvement sharpens Exxon new focus on what its accountants knew. Just when the legal and legislative jousting over Exxon's climate record seemed to be bogging down in posturing and partisanship, the powerful Securities and Exchange Commission has stepped in with pointed questions about the oil giant's disclosures of the risks of global warming. The development, coming a year after a series of investigations, were sparked by reports by Inside Climate News and other news outlets, is significant in at least three ways. First, the SEC's new involvement turns the Exxon investigations from a matter of being pursued by a handful of state attorneys uh, into a federal case. Second, the action underscores... Don't make a federal case out of this thing. It's not like it's a big deal or nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that's an expression. You know, they're, they're making a federal case out of it, literally, now. So the second point is that the action underscores that the issue goes far beyond mere uncertainties in climate science or policy differences about addressing the mounting climate risks and involves significant financial risks to Exxon and its investors. Uh, SEC is not only interested in what Exxon scientists knew, but what its accountants knew, too. Because, I mean, that, that goes to some of the human impacts of climate change. Like, the SEC, it's not really cared about environmental issues at all, but if the accountants knew about a risk and they were hiding it from shareholders, from the public, then SEC is going to come after them. So third and perhaps most significant, the SEC's involvement backs the Exxon questioners contention that they are not merely on a partisan witch hunt, as Exxon's defenders have been trying to paint their investigations. The SEC is not just a dogged regulatory agency, but a scrupulously nonpartisan one, independent of political influence by statute and design. Now, I don't know if anything is truly independent. Hey, of I was going to say, wait a second, isn't that supposed to be like every government agency? Yeah, in theory. But, but I mean, there has been some controversy because the you know Democrats primarily have been the ones leading the charge against Exxon uh, in in terms of the state's attorneys general. Uh, but then SEC it has a Republican and Democrat uh, influence, and it's still pursuing this because it's not it's not some sort of partisan issue. It's did you lie to your shareholders about how much risk you're taking? So that's on the legal side. On the personal side. People are actively out there trying to stop more oil from being pumped. Twenty-one yeah. arrested during peaceful prayer ceremony at Standing Rock. The Morton County Sheriff's Department, whose officers used mace and unleashed dogs on Dakota Access Pipeline protesters earlier this month, sent in armored vehicles and arrested 21 people Wednesday at two sites. Now... Since we're not there, 21 people sounds like a lot. But I understand there's like thousands of people there now. Yeah. And so I don't know if the police really want to cause a bunch of trouble 
when they're like a minority. A video released by those at the Sacred Ground Camp shows unarmed protesters conducting a prayer ceremony involving the planting of willow and corn. Quote, We had a really nice ceremony, said uh, Lakota grandmother. Then we looked, and over that way there were a few police, and the next thing we know, there were 40 police all in riot gear, end quote. Police moved in as peaceful demonstrators stood with their hands up. The video then shows police officers confronting the protesters, grabbing women and ordering everyone into their cars. Quote, I've never had a, gran- a gun pointed at me, said the grandmother. I went into shock, end quote. In a press release issued Wednesday by the Morton County Sheriff's Department, they alleged that, quote, a protester on horseback charged at an officer in what was viewed as an act of aggression, end quote. Another video shows at least three riders on horseback but does not show any charging towards the officers. At least one officer raised his weapon towards the civilians even as they shouted, quote, We are unarmed, we have no weapons, end quote. According to the Indian County News site, IndianZ.com, Morton County Sheriff Kyle Quote, has previously come under fire for spreading his own rumors. As thousands begin to flock to North Dakota in early August, he claims there were pipe bombs in the camp- encampment, but resistors told the New York Times that he was mistaken by the presence of sacred pipes used during ceremonies, end quote. So, um, I actually have some friends up there. Do you remember... Um, the people who were traveling across country in the vegetable-powered, solar-powered RV. Um, yeah, I do. I'm, I'm Facebook friends with them. I just saw uh, a post, I think. And um, we actually had them on the air here because they were traveling through town, and I actually donated some solar to put up on their roof. And they rec- um, yesterday they sent me a message um, to say basically that um, everybody who comes into the encampment, the the Native American people there actually search everybody for because there's no uh, weapons allowed and no alcohol allowed. So everybody gets a pat down as they're coming into the community because the you know they want to be a peaceful protest. So it's like. Um, and so you can follow, um, the people who are on our website at ecowomb.com, that E-C-O-W-O-M-B.com, I think. I'm trying to say that off the top of my head, so. All right, well, I'm, I'm back. I had to take care of the area for a moment. <laughs> you woke up from your nap. So, yeah, it's, we will definitely keep following the updates from the camp as it goes on. Um, it's Unfortunately, they may be in for the long haul because they're still trying to do the pipeline. Yeah, I mean, um, they told me that people are very actively very busy because so many people are showing up with so many supplies for, um, you know, a, an encampment to stay there at least until the ground freezes and then they can't dig anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, they're putting up teepees, they're setting up kitchens, just 
they need to set up for all the people who are showing up. And some people are bringing supplies to keep it all together. So it has become a big issue in the activist community because we are all downstream from there. Yeah. You know, this is an oil pipeline that can spew oil into the river and basically affect all of us downstream. That includes us right here locally. I would like people to give me a call because I have some books to give away. I want to thank the people who have and listen to this radio show and who have listened all these years. And of course the ones that support also, that's awesome. Um, thank you for doing that. Give me a call when I get off the air. Four five seven three six nine one. The books I have are Backyard Pharmacy, Growing Medicinal Plants in Your Own Backyard, Organic Farming, How to Raise, Certify, and Market Organic Crops and Livestock, Straw Bale Gardens, and Building with Secondhand Stuff. So, um, I'd like some great books. So let's get to a little bit of this news and then get to these happenings. There's a lot going on around here. <laughs> so the Dutch Parliament votes to close down the country's coal industry. The Dutch Parliament has voted for a 55% cut in CO2 emissions by 2030, which would require the closure of all of the country's coal-fired power plants. The unexpected vote on Thursday night by 77 to 72 so a fairly narrow margin, but put the Netherlands clearly into line with the Paris Climate Agreement, with some of the most ambitious climate policies in all of Europe. It's not binding on the government, but the Liberal and Labour parties say they will now push for speedy implementation of the motion. Five Dutch coal-fired power stations were closed last year, but the country still has another five plants in operation. Three of these came online in 2015 and have been blamed for a 5% rise in the country's emissions last year. Now, see, that's, to me, that's sort of a cautionary tale. We have people here in the U.S. who are pushing for, let's reopen the coal mines, let's do a bunch of oil and all that. And if we pursue that route, we may end up doing what they're doing in the Netherlands right now and just open it up and five years later shut it down. You know, that would be a big waste for everybody. Anyway, the Dutch... Dutch Liberal MP and Vice President of the Parliament told The Guardian, closing down big coal plants, even if they were recently opened, is by far the most cost-effective way to achieve the goals of the Paris Agreement. I mean, they were literally open last year. Yeah. So, and, they're so, and they're talking about closing it. So that's interesting. Yeah. I wonder if, they, uh, if those companies that open those coal mines disclose to their investors the risks of opening a coal mine in the Netherlands uh, while the Paris Climate Accord is being negotiated. <laughs> so, yeah, he, the, uh, he also said, we cannot continue to use coal as the cheapest source of energy when it is the most expensive from a climate perspective. Well, the thing that gets me, as I've mentioned before, we keep saying climate instead of, you know, us. Yeah. Climate has to be something, you know, that affects us. Um, it's becoming more and more of an issue as people die and civil wars are happening because of this arbitrary climate. Yeah. All right. 
incredible price drops jumpstart clean energy revolution that the u.s department of energy has released the 2016 update of its report revolution now the future arrives for five clean energy technologies this must read reports reveals the game-changing progress core clean energy technologies have made over the last several years specifically solar wind led lights batteries and electric cars Accelerated deployment driven by smart government policies both domestically and around the world have created economies of scale and brought technologies down the learning curve faster than almost anyone expected. Locally, um, I did want to mention that there's the um, Go Solar Southern Illinois bulk buy initiative that will be um, being phased out with a bunch of events um, Johnny Logan's going to do some educational events um, end of October through November and um, all talking about smart grid and the more people buy solar, the cheaper it is. So yeah. Today happens to be National Mud Pack Day. It's starting uh -huh. to rain, so that'll work pretty good, huh? Yeah, Just a lot of mud packing. It's also Saturday is International Frugal Fun Day, so I guess packing mud is a pretty frugal <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> well, it's also National Homemade Cookies Day and World Vegetarian Day. Both of them having a lot to do with frugality, if you're smart about it, right? Yeah. On um, Sunday is National Custodial Workers Day. Like, custodial workers don't get enough respect. You know, they clean up, they take care of all the things around us that we just don't even have on our radar. So it's a national day to celebrate them. Also, name your car day. Um, my new uh, hybrid, well, new to me, used but new hybrid, doesn't have a name yet, so I need to keep think of a name. Um, my uh, green Subaru is named Tinkerbell because, you know, she's teeny and meanie. Got attitude. So, do something nice day, National Kale Day, World Teachers Day, come and take it day. Just a few of the days coming up in October. October. That's right. October is Adopt a Shelter Dog Month, Applejack Month, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Computer Learning Month, Cookie Month, National Pizza Month, and National Vegetarian Month. Just a few of them. We will... We were talking about Standing Rock and all the people who are there and need help. Well, donations for Standing Rock. Now until October 17th, it's not like they don't need help anymore, but there's some people who are driving up there, and so they are collecting stuff to take there. Donations for Standing Rock at Gaia House. Anyone who can donate supplies may drop their goods off during open hours at the Guy House and as well as uh, the farmer's markets when a booth is available. On Facebook, Carbondale stands with Standing Rock. And coming up today, the 6th Annual Superhero 5K Run Walkathon for the For Kids' Sake. It's uh, For Kids' Sake. It's an international program. The walkathon is coming up tonight at 6 p.m. at Cherry Park, and they raise money to support orphanages and schools in Bangladesh. I've been getting preparing for this for weeks, 
uh, probably two months actually doing a little bit more jogging each day and uh, raising funds for the kids. You can get more info at forkidsake.net or you can show up at Turley Park. You can still register the day of the event. So. And there is two teams. WDBX has a team and Carbondale's very own superhero Tree Song has the Illinois Initiative team. Yes. And you can feel free to join the Illinois Initiative team even if you haven't been to any Illinois Initiative events. It's just for anyone who wants to support the kids and run with superheroes. Only if you're a superhero, though. That means uh, yeah. that you think more than just yourself, right? Yeah. You think of others. You, you care enough to support a good cause, help the kids out in Bangladesh. Otherwise, you're a supervillain, right? <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> just like, we need some of those, but... Um, I think we've got enough. <laughs> Just like, uh, yeah, the world has enough supervillains. We need some more superheroes. Native Tree and Plant Sale, Saturday, October 1st, 8 till 3 in front of Murdell True Value. Green Earth and Keep Carbondale Beautiful together are holding a Native Tree and Plant Sale featuring dozens, I repeat, dozens of perennials, grasses, ferns, shrubs, and trees. Also coming up, we have the Heartland Solar Tour. This is coming up on Saturday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's around southern Illinois. It's various locations because it's uh, the homeowners open up their homes to showcase solar energy technologies. It's a self-guided tour. It's mostly on the southern Illinois wine trail through the beauty of the National Forest. And if you've ever been interested in solar for your home and family, you can go out and see a few different kinds of systems in southern Illinois. HeartlandSolarTour.org. Yes. Also on Saturday, the Peace and Justice Vigil. Stop arming the world, no more arms sales to Saudi Arabia. That's Saturday, noon till 1 o'clock, the corner of Illinois and Maine. Yes, and also coming up, the, the tickets have already sold off for this, but it's the Rainbow Cafe 16th Anniversary Gala Dinner. It's coming up on Saturday. 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship supports all the good work they do over there at the Rainbow Cafe. And Sunday, October 2nd, it's October. At 7.30 a.m., the Labyrinth Peace Park will have their monthly Labyrinth Walk. 7.30 to 8 a.m. at the Labyrinth Peace Park, which is north of Guy House at 913 South Illinois Avenue. Yeah, October really snuck up on us, didn't it? That has been another exciting and hopefully informative half hour of your community spirit. Don't forget to give me a call right now, um, and I will give you a book. Backyard Pharmacy, Organic Farming, Straw Bale Gardens, Building with Secondhand Stuff. These books are for you if you give me a call for no reason, except I want to just say thank you for listening to this show. And thank you for listening all these years. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Salon. Thank you. Stay energized.